Hi there, it's Paul Dizard, Fear of Flying coach for 25 years. And during this podcast, I'm going to share some thoughts and ramblings around capacity and also some thoughts about a question that came up in the Facebook group, Love Fly, Overcome Fear of Flying. Thanks for joining. I thought I'd start with this idea around capacity. Now, I don't know if I've banged on about this before, but it's something which I think is really, really interesting in terms of the way that we deal with stuff. I'm just going to sit down. Uh, the way that we deal with stuff. And I was reading something on my recent, I'm doing a course at the moment. I'm doing a master's in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology, which sounds really grand. It's at the University of East London which is fantastic. And quite often you come across some ideas which you think, oh, I haven't really thought about it like that, but it's something that I've, I've talked about for years and years and years. And this idea of capacity, capacity, what's, what on earth is that? The idea behind capacity is like being able to cope with stuff, being able to cope. So there's lots of ways that we can apply this. So you can think about it in terms of like pilots, if you get beyond the capacity, then they're not going to be able to cope. They'll get overstressed. So this is part of the human factors training is to recognize what is positive stress and what is too much stress, which is why they always work in pairs and they verbalize everything before they touch anything. It gives them extra capacity, gives them extra thinking. There's a lot of procedures that they follow and that gives them extra capacity as well because they're going through it, they're reading it out, they're checking and verifying with each other. And this gives them that extra space to be ahead of the aircraft as many pilots call it. So they're always thinking about what if, what if, what if. And they call it, in aviation terms, we call it redundancy, making sure there's always redundancy. So there's always a backup to a backup to a backup and there's always a process and there's a backup to that process and there's a system and there's a thing we do. And that gives us that extra safety because we're building capacity or redundancy as they call it. But capacity is also something that's very useful for us. And I was talking about it recently in the blog in terms of people rushing to the airport because they don't want to spend any longer in the airport than they need to. But the trouble is when you're bombing to the airport and you're thinking, oh, God, I've got to get one of those damn aircraft and the, the aircraft, the provider of the aircraft say, be here to check in at three o'clock. And that's what you do. But that's the, what they want you to do. It's not what you need to do. I always say get there at least a couple of hours before that, because the airport, believe it or not, is part of the trip. Well, it can be if you decide it to be. And you can enjoy this environment that you're in because there's a mini shopping village in many airports now, isn't it? So it gives you a chance to just sort of mooch about a bit. Mooch is a word. Mooch about a bit and to understand that there's things there that you can do and it doesn't have to feel quite the same way. That's just one example. So not rushing at the airport gives you capacity to then to think a bit more clearly because it's an alien environment for most of us. If you're not there all the time, then you can feel like, where is everything? And I know many people that work at the airport get really frustrated because they get asked questions. Can you show where the toilets are? And they think, and they're stood next to the toilet sign. And they're like, well, could I make it more obvious? Do you want it to dance in front of you? But the point is, 
when we're under pressure, we don't have the capacity to do the normal stuff and we, we can't cope as well as we would do normally and we don't have the thinking space. This, I've, I've talked about this in the book before as well, but I was really reminded of this because I was reading something by uh, Fredrickson and she's got a theory which is called the broaden and build theory of positive emotions. And I really like this. So apologies if I've talked about this before, but I just think it really made sense to me because you can then think about, well, if I'm feeling positive, what does that, what does that actually mean? So I'll read this a little bit of a quote from it. So at the crux of a theory, Fredrickson argues that while negative emotions narrow thought action repertoires, positive emotions broaden these repertoires allowing us to draw on a wide array of possible cognitions and behaviors in response to emotional stimuli. Now think about that. So the more positive I am, my emotions are, the more capability that I have and more resourceful I can be. Through this lens, positive emotions leave us free to be creative, playful, curious, and experimental. And from these behaviors flow opportunities to gain new physical, social, and intellectual resources. Don't you think that's interesting? So this is research-based. I thought it was fascinating this, and I've always banged on about this. It's like, get to the airport early, go direct, don't go indirect flights if you can avoid, because it gives you the capacity to then just deal with what you've got, prepare yourself properly so you've got the capacity. So when if you listen to Paul Christian's podcast, he's talking about all the different things that you can do to help yourself stay safe when you go anywhere and just do some of the prep that he does that makes you feel prepared without being over-prepared. And what I mean by that is for those of you who are weather checkers, you know who you are. Just got to check the weather again. <laughs> yeah, not helpful. Uh, so what can you do? So how do you build positive emotions? Well, I don't know if you've heard this on quite a few of the podcasts, but gathering quite a few stories now. And I'm so delighted that people like you are listening to this because I think it's really, really important. They've got real people on there. A lot of them are in the Facebook group as well. I love Flight Overcome Fear of Flying, that catchy short title that I came up with. <laughs> How much I regret that. There's so many of you that are in this group and you share your stories and you're so generous with your stories and your successes and also some of your what might call failures. And there's nothing wrong with failure, by the way. Failures, I see, is a necessary part of getting over something. You've got to fail to sometimes find the sort of grit within us to go, right, do you know what? Sod this. I'm going to just bloody well do it next time. So failure is not to be frightened of, you know, so going to an airport, backing out, if you've done that, you know how much it annoys you and you feel really pissed off for yourself. This is good stuff because it's fuel. It's fuel, fury fuel. So you can think, right, how can I use this to my advantage? You know, I'm, I'm damned if I'm going to let this fear ruin and rule my life any longer. So sometimes we need a bit of that. So, but being positive, oh, that sounds a bit sort of cheesy, doesn't it? Just be positive. It'll be all right. But the research suggests that actually it does help. But how can you do that if you don't feel that way? You know, if you are a weather checker or you're a catastrophizer, the what ifers, yes, but what if this happens and what if that happens? And what if the pilot's having a bad day and then then he or she is sat with another pilot having a bad day and and all the engines fail and there's turbulence and there's a storm and you know that's what catastrophizing does. It's just like imagine the worst case scenario times a hundred. 
Yeah, and we all do it in different ways. So I'm not taking the mick out of you because, well, I am, but in you know, in in a helpful way. You know, I'm laughing with you, hopefully, and you haven't turned off the podcast. The idea is that we all can do this. We can all think, oh crikey, you know, what if this happens? It's catastrophizing. It's a, a natural thought pattern. We have to just observe it. We can't sometimes turn it off. Some believe, like Dr. Russ Harris, it has an evolutionary advantage being a little bit anxious. Because uh, like I've said this in the book, that our anxious ancestors lived longer because they were more cautious. So it has got an evolutionary advantage, but not when it starts to ruin and rule our life. And so we have to be really, really careful that we are not letting the fear run everything. Because the fear, if we think what's the positive intention behind it, is there to try and keep you alive. So the part of your brain is decide that this thing, these aircraft things, they are a threat to my life. Flying is dying, and therefore I'm not going to go anywhere near them. And in fact, I'm not going to go anywhere near an airport, and I'm not going to let anyone else that still loves me fly either. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving so we have to be really careful that we don't let this bloody thing just take over because it's just a part of our brain but there's other parts of our brains that want to do something about this and otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast would you unless you're some sort of masochist so there is a part of you that wants to get over this fear and keep continuing this work so we'll just think about it. some of the people I, I can't think of many podcasts where the people who have been having success beating their fear haven't mentioned doing something like meditation, yoga, exercise, walking, being grateful. All of these things seem to come up. And if you look at it, all of these are evidence-based approaches about the broaden and build theory. So positive emotions are not just cheesy for the sake of it. It's been proven that if you do these things, you increase your resourcefulness, your curiosity and your ability to experiment. And you think about it, every time you go to an airport, if you push yourself a little bit more and just think, I'm, treat this as an experiment, I'll be curious about what goes on. I'm going to watch the crew doing their job from a curious point of view, rather than if I can see their faces and they're not, they're not grimacing or they're not praying, then I'm alive. Don't ever go on... Um, which flight I went on an airline, which nearly, which gave me cause for thought. I probably said this before, so apologies if you heard this story. But I think I was flying with Cyprus Airways, and before they came into land, I saw this happen twice. The cabin crew do the sort of the cross sign across their chest, and I was sat in front of this cabin crew person by the door, and he did this cross thing before he came into land because you know it's a a, a, re a religious thing that just happens to be in that area of the world you know so it's that it's a local thing it's just it's a custom it's a ritual it's like nothing it's not right or wrong it's just for me it's not something i've ever done before i come into land and i was looking over thinking oh my goodness i thought anybody now who's watching the cabin crew to get positive confirmation that everything's all right would probably not have been reassured by that moment and uh, i did tell him and just said oh by the way do you know you've probably just created another 20 nervous flyers back here if they're if they're not greek and uh, he laughed i think he laughed politely anyway i think that when we're looking at the crew we could be curious because we're in that kind of playful open mind and so how do you get to that place you've got to do stuff every day and it, there's many podcasts i can think of where the person that's 
been beating their fear has done stuff like this. They're doing meditation. They're doing so there's free things you can do. So Headspace and Calm, those apps, they do a lot for free. You can have a free trial. It's not expensive. You could be doing a little bit every day just to increase this positive emotion repertoire, because the more you do that, the more resourceful you become. And the more you're able to deal with things, you have more capacity to deal with the unexpected. So I went away on a trip last week and I was on, as I mentioned it, I went up by train. I wanted to fly, but the person I was going to fly with didn't want to uh, for other reasons. Well, the main reason, but they weren't, they didn't really want a one-to-one course with me. No, I offered it. I said, look, you get your personal escort. Nope, not ready. Anyway, so we went on the train and that got rocked all over the place. And I was thinking more turbulence on this uh, train than there is on an aircraft. This is much less stable. I can't walk down holding my drink without nearly falling over, you know. Wouldn't happen on an aircraft. But anyway, anyway, so I sat there and I was thinking that if I was on an aircraft, I would be able to look around and I'd be able to stimulate those positive curiosity things. Uh, And I was sat there thinking about all the people that have done train travel and not really thought about it. I know some people have fear of flying and fear of trains and also fear of lifts and fear of tubes and um, undergrounds and things like that because of similar reasons. But if we build our positive emotions and our capability and we do that day in, day out, just a little bit at a time, then there's a good chance we'll build that capacity. And so I was thinking about my train journey that I was actually getting quite stressed, thinking, oh, my goodness, what do I need? Because I hadn't travelled for ages, gone anywhere, really, apart from, you know, Sainsbury's and the UK reference there, apologies, but the supermarket. I can go somewhere for three days. Got a four and a half hour journey. What do I need to do? And I was thinking to myself, well, actually, so travelling anywhere is stressful, even for the non-stressed or the non-nervous. And so we have to make sure that we're prepared and then that gives us a capacity. So I do relaxation or meditation every single day, not always loads of it, but I do at least 10 minutes, sometimes longer, even though I don't have a fear of flying, but I just, it's about keeping sort of an equilibrium, you know, uh, like a status of okayness. And I'm not suggesting that you do that, but I would say if you've never tried it, it's worth looking into it. I wish I could do more. I wish I started doing yoga again, which I found before. I wish I could. I haven't found the time or made the time to do that. But these are some of the suggestions that people talk about. And what that does is build positive emotions. And positive emotions have been proven to increase your thought action repertoires. In other words, giving you more capacity to deal with stuff. So that's just a thought. The second area I wanted to talk about was actually, I kind of answered this in the group anyway, in the, the uh, Love Fly Facebook group, but it came from a great question from Judy. And she said that I've just watched the program called Downfall. And it's actually sent me off my fears a lot, lot worse. So one of the things I'd say about that is it's a great question. And it's not the first time people have asked me because I've had people say to me before, I watched the Concord incident. And I've, I watched this investigation, I watched that documentary, and, I've, and I thought it would help me, and it didn't. No surprise. Uh, well, a lot of people who have a fear of flying will often watch these things and think it will help them. But I would say, this is my top tip, do not watch those programs. I don't care how well it's done, how well it's researched, whether they take all the drama out of it, it will not help you, and it will certainly not help the people that it happened to. 
we, we need to think about in commercial aviation when these tragedies happen, which is very rare, thankfully, it's learned from. Um, we take the lessons, we investigate it thoroughly. And as Captain Emma said in the Facebook group, what you don't see on these programs uh, is like today, one million people landed safely. And that's as a result of research and learning from practice. And if we, as we call it in commercial aviation, tombstone technology. In other words, back in the 40s and 50s and the 60s, a lot of aircraft had problems and ran into problems. And we've learned from all of those incidents. And that's why it's so, so rare now and why it's so safe. Is it 100% safe? No, nothing is 100% safe. Living is not 100% safe. It's fraught with risk. You could cross the road, you could fall in the shower. There's, there's, there's untold terrors waiting for you, you know? And I know that's not meant to sound like I'm making light of it. I'm not. We have to be really careful that we don't limit our life. And so coming back to that program, I was really pleased that Judy posted the question in the Facebook group because then we could, I could talk about it and I say, don't watch it. You can't watch these things because they just feed the fear. They put images in your head you can't get rid of or they're hard to get rid of. Okay, so Captain Emma gave, made the very good point and just said, you know, they don't show all the times that everything's going well and it's, it's a snapshot in time. And yes, it's, it's terrible, it's unfortunate, it, but we have learned from these things. And that's the thing about commercial aviation is that at some point we have to decide who do I believe, you know, what kind of someone's told me, what I've felt like, or do I believe a professional body of people that are doing everything they can to make all of our flights safe. And I tend to choose to, to believe the latter, having met so many professionals and spoken to so many on the podcast as well, actually. It just reassures me time and time again that they've got our back. They're, they don't want anything to happen any more than we do. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very safe industry. Not 100%, but it's not far off. And that's the thing to think about. Michal talked about this in the, his podcast, which was very recent. And I love this because he said, oh, actually, I do watch those programs. I find them really interesting. But he's got so much positive emotion now and so much a, a repertoire that he has the capacity to deal with looking at stuff which is proper proper scary and makes you think and that i wouldn't recommend for most people but once you've well and truly done with the fear you can watch these programs you can listen to the news you can hear things you can google stuff and, and look at it with a little bit of um what's the word circumspect you know just sort of go well maybe that did happen maybe it didn't quite the way they've said it but i can look at it with curiosity and it won't affect my belief about how safe the aircraft are and if you're in any doubt i would not watch them and that's why i always say to be stop checking the checking the weather <laughs> doesn't help you the weather's going to do whatever it does it's either safe to take off or it's not all it does is checking the weather is reduce your capacity to deal with stuff because you then start to get narrower thoughts and your ability to think rationally and deal with anything gets narrower and narrower and that means it will become impatient you won't want to travel with other people you'll get snappy you'll have your little rituals and stuff like that which we all do when we get fearful so not poking fun just saying it the way it is and so it's really really important to think about these ideas you know be careful watch for when i'm feeding the fear what am i telling myself is the most important person you'll ever talk to is yourself uh, what am i letting into my head if someone starts to tell you they're 
plummet stories, tell them to sod off. You don't want to hear it because all it's going to do is create images in your head you don't want. So be very mindful of this. Build the positive emotions that increases your capacity. This is research-based. It's not just my opinion. And go forth and fly. Don't know why I said that. Thanks for listening and uh, catch you next time.